time is the circle. There is nothing that is yet to happen that hasn't happened before. We may reconnect the pieces into a new picture, but the whole is the same. Yesterday is tomorrow, is today, is forever. I am calling from Elm Lake. Once again, I have retreated to the safety of these four walls, these dancing dials, and the steady hiss of electricity. The microphone comforts me just as it did yesterday, and just as it will tomorrow. There is a crackling of excitement in the air, almost as much as there was before the recent moon festival. Oh yes, the moon festival. That wonderful annual event that, this year was cast in a preternatural darkness. Actual darkness dropped over us all, thanks to the actions of Mr. Jorge Sanchez. I'm going to capture the moon, Jorge declared, and capture the moon he did, vanishing from the sky, casting the earth in shadows, removing immediate and comforting natural light. The moon no longer hung above us. Of course, the moon has been returned. It is back in the proper location, shining down upon us like a doting parent. But the fact that Jorge was able to take it in the first place has all of Elm Lake on high alert. We thought we could trust him. He's been part of some of our most memorable town festivals over the years. That proven track record is what put him in charge of the Moon Festival. And look where that got us. I have heard rumors that the town elders are planning some sort of trial to hold Jorge accountable. More on that as it comes to light. Still no news on the cabin high up in the mountains that was briefly seen and then lost in an avalanche. George Mooney and Lorraine Powell have expressed interest in trying to recover the wood in order to give their new construction a real rustic feeling. The problem they keep running across is they don't remember ever seeing a cabin. They both recall something under the ground, but that can't possibly be. Lorraine is currently planning an expedition to where the cabin was supposed to have been, while George is trying to convince her to stay within the city limits and see if something better can't be made of the Top Spin Tavern. I'm, I'm sorry, this is all very strange. I feel like I've mentioned all of these things before. Maybe not with the exact same detail, but... I'm getting a weird sense of deja vu. Perhaps it's just because I woke up this morning and had my standard breakfast of granola, sweet cream, and berries, just like I do every day. That must be it. Same breakfast, same day, as my grandmother always told me. I can't help if it's the breakfast that I like. Besides, it's not like I can go around flaunting English muffins. I don't even know if I'm English. Anyway, back to Jorge Sanchez. 
He has been spending the last week with a sketch pad and a calculator, frantically writing down notes and figures. When asked why he tried to capture the moon from the sky over Elm Lake, he simply looks up blankly. Capture the moon? He asks. Why would I try to capture the moon? Why would anyone try to capture the moon? He then returns to his sketch pad and calculator, muttering something about how the fall festival needs to stay within a tight budget. He seems exasperated, as if the entire line of questioning is a burden he is not meant to shoulder, and he adamantly refuses to admit that he captured the moon even briefly. He seems so certain. And yet the rest of us within Elm Lake also seem certain. We remember a blackened sky. We remember Amelia Ashford disappearing as well, and unlike the moon, she hasn't been seen since. It feels like only yesterday, well, also feeling like it was so many years ago. Amelia, our thoughts are with you, wherever you have found yourself. Jorge proclaims his innocence, while most of the rest of us have already cast him as guilty. I am not sure. Something just doesn't feel right about the whole thing. It's... That's why I return here to my safety, my comfort. To this box of a room where I send my voice out, unaware if it is reaching anyone or if they're attempting to respond. I'm trying to sort out my thoughts on the whole thing. All I find are more questions. Questions that I'm far too unqualified to answer. Jonas Tompkins, who worked the closest with Jorge prior to the recent moon festival, has also been brought in for questioning. This poses a challenge for the Elm Lake Improvisational Quartet, as they are now down to a trio. When you factor in Lorraine Powell anticipating spending so much time trying to research the cabin and avalanche, they are left as a duo, making it much harder for them to truly assemble scenes. Hopefully for their sake, both Jonas and Lorraine are able to return for rehearsals soon. What's that noise? Hold on one second. I think I'm hearing something from outside. It sounds like a scratching. Is that a tapping? There's something nearby, and there's definitely some sort of rhythmic noise happening. I need to go investigate it. I'll be back as quickly as I possibly can. All right, friends. I'm back. I'm, I'm sorry it took me so long, but I wanted to be thorough. Turns out it was more of a tapping noise and not a scratching like I had initially believed. It was young Jenny Fowler who has requested that I not refer to her as young quite as often as I do. Anyway, Jenny Fowler, performing her nighttime walk, basket under her arm, sad eyes staring forward. Seeing me step out of the radio building, Jenny watched me until I realized she was standing near where we had encountered each other on the night of the moon festival. She reached into her basket, taking out a small rose petal. This is a middle, she stated calmly, her voice carrying weight. It is also a beginning and an end. Nothing has been chosen because nobody wants to choose. With that, she set the rose petal on the ground, smiling sadly while turning to walk away. 
I'll see you today, she called over her shoulder. I'll see you today? What does she mean by that? Who is Jenny Fowler and why does she continue to speak to me in riddles? What happened to her while she was away from Elm Lake? These are all questions that may never receive answers. I have heard more news from Lorraine Powell, however. She is back from her trip to locate the cabin, and she says that the lumber is in great condition. Wait. That's odd. I could have sworn that just this afternoon, she was merely planning on going to the cabin. That should have taken a couple of days itself, and she would have had to... I have heard more news from Lorraine Powell, however. She is excited to go on her trip to locate the cabin. She hopes that the lumber will be in great condition. She's even said that after much deliberation, she's convinced George to go along with her, as he's apparently always longed to see beyond the limits of Elm Lake. Wait, hold on. George wasn't born here. None of us were. Well, with the exception of Jenny Fowler, George wouldn't... I have heard more news from Lorraine Powell, however. She is excited to go on her trip to locate the cabin. She hopes that the lumber will be in great condition. She isn't yet sure if George Mooney will accompany her on this expedition, as he has expressed a desire to never leave the city limits of Elm Lake ever again. Once was enough, George apparently told Lorraine. They say you can't go home again, but I was born here and I never should have left. At this, Lorraine smiled because George's story was nearly identical to hers. I know, George, she said, but someone has to get the pieces of that cabin. She is expected to leave for her journey tomorrow, and George is expected to spend the day at the Top Spin Tavern. In the hotel room, he's being kept in for observation. Jorge Sanchez is producing graphs, sketches, and charts, furiously working away with paper, pencil, and calculator. He is still denying any and all involvement with the Moon Festival, other than making it the most talked about Moon Festival of the last three years, which admittedly seems like a low bar for someone of Jorge's acumen. Nothing about capturing the moon, taking it from the sky, and only returning it when forced to by a group of improvisers. Even less about this year's moon parade, where he marched at the head, bound in chains, Jonas Tompkins striding proudly behind him. As for me, I find myself thinking of Jenny Fowler, of the rose petal I now clasp in my hand, of her words and the unease they fill me with. That is why, once again, I have retreated to the safety of these four walls, these dancing dials, and the steady hiss of electricity. The microphone comforts me, just as it did yesterday, and just as it will tomorrow. There is a crackling of excitement in the air, almost as much as there was before the recent moon festival. Tomorrow is waiting. Elm Lake is waiting.
Falling from Elm Lake, Episode 4, Unstable, was written, recorded, and produced by Sean Monahan. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Elm Lake Pod to add a little irregular strangeness to your social media profile. If you've come to visit our strange little town thanks to Apple or Google Podcasts, feel free to leave a rating and review. Your words could help new listeners hear the call of Elm Lake. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to support us, you can simply head to patreon.com slash calling from Elm Lake. Your support will help us continue to grow and unfold this story and bring new elements into play as we move forward. When winding your watch, make sure to wind it an even number of times. Winding it an odd number of times increases the likelihood it will simply curl up and take a nap.